It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to another episode of the New News Podcast. Uh, joined by Sandy and Andrew again today. And this is an exciting episode. We're going to be reflecting on some old takes from 2023 and some of the current news. But we want to start off by just thanking you all for being for listening and subscribing and being a part of this community. We reached over a thousand subscribers yesterday. Um, it was just so cool to see the support on Twitter as people were trying to get us to that number and then we far surpassed it within the day. And um, it's just been a, such a fun ride to be a part of this so far. And you guys started this a year ago, under a year ago. What's the number Not now? Not a year ago. Like, yeah, almost, almost exactly a year. Day, yeah. Okay. And so like just the progress you guys have taken with this so far and to see how much it's exploded in the last few months, it's, we're just a huge thank you to all of you who listen and subscribe. And if you aren't already join the community, cause we have so much fun stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, stubby clap is coming on next week, which we're really excited about. We've got some Red Sox content creators who have come on and talk about Heim Bloom with us. And then we're just always going to have more stuff coming out. So we're really excited about what 2024 will bring, um, and yeah, so which is thank you so much for all the support on that. Sandy, Andrew, anything you guys want to add with that? Yeah, it's just been super exciting. Really appreciate how um, our community kind of just uplifted us to, to get a thousand subscribers yesterday. Um, it's going to open the door for us to, to do some super exciting projects that we've been thinking about for a long yeah. time. Yeah, we just really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, all the support has been overwhelming. And honestly, like I went back and watched our first episode the other day, uh, which went out on January 18th of last year. So a week from tomorrow, we'll hit our one year anniversary, at least when we started making content. And like how far we've come is unbelievable, but we couldn't have done that without all the amazing support. So I can't reiterate enough. Thank you so much. It, it's been overwhelming. Yes. So we're really excited about 2024. 2024 will bring Andrew kind of pointed it out, but we've got some exciting projects down the pipeline on top of what we're already kind of doing. We'll just continue to evolve with that. But we've got some other styles of content we think you guys will really like that we want to invest into over the next couple months or so. So you guys will see more of that as we go through. But um, before we jump into some of these 2023 predictions revisited, we wanted to talk about a couple of things that happened this week. Um, or mainly one thing that happened this week that's not Cardinals related that we want to get Sandy's thoughts on the Heim Bloom thing. But Andrew, you're kind of boy, but not really your boy, your anti-boy. Imanaga signed with the Cubs. And yeah. so you had some, you definitely had some strong thoughts about it at first. And maybe the contract has made you think not as strongly about it. But yeah, what was your reaction? What are your thoughts on Imanaga as a whole? And then your reaction on the Cubs signing him? Yeah, I mean, I thought he was a very middling Japanese pitcher, uh, 106 ERA plus last year in Japan. That's not park adjusted, but it gives you a rough estimate of of what to expect with him um, in the future. And I mean, he's he's a fine pitcher. I feel like he he makes a good back end guy. But when the reports started coming out that he's going to get 100 plus million for like a five year deal, I was like, absolutely not. No way. Um, there's just no shot that I would give a pitcher like him that much money. It just didn't make sense to me. And now the reports are coming out that, oh, well, the Cubs gave him like two for 15 a year or something. Oh. Okay. Wait. Oh, okay. My bad, guys. Listening to auto release. There is breaking news. According to Robert Murray, friend of Fansided here, works for Fansided, Jake Woodford is signing a minor league contract with the Chicago White Sox that includes a spring training in oh. so, Good for Woodford. Good for Jake. Good for Jake Woodford. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, back to the amount. <laughs> okay. Sorry, um, I thought that was significant enough to note. I, I mean, yeah, maybe we'll get him back in the Dylan Cease trade, but um, anyway. Sorry. So... Uh, Imanaga was not a guy I thought was worth anywhere near the hundred plus million dollars that was rumored at some point. I think Jeff Passon even uh, tweeted that out that he was going to get close to that that amount of money, and I was like, absolutely not. There's no chance I would ever sign a pitcher of that long-term deal like that. Um, but I, I was I was a big proponent of the Cubs signing him at that that. 
Did we just lose Andrew? Yeah, I think we lost Andrew. Okay. Well, <laughs> I was going to say about uh, Imanaga. Uh, hopefully, oh, we've got him back now. Technical Andrew, you're good. We lost you. Some tough technical difficulties. Uh-oh, his Wi-Fi is not good. As, as for Imanaga, I think what Andrew's saying here is basically that he really was not one of those pitchers where it's like, we're really excited to go give him a huge deal. Um, and with what Yamamoto just got, obviously Shohei Otani has been amazing since coming over to MLB. It seems now that a lot of pitchers in the Japanese market are getting a lot of attention and they're getting a lot of money. And so I think what he was mostly saying, and, and he's been very vocal about it on Twitter, um, was basically that, you know, Imanaga is not worth that much money. Um, he's a slightly above average pitcher according to ERA plus in Japan, mm-hmm. which like you said, is not park adjusted, but you know, slightly above average pitchers in the Japanese league, which all things considered is a great league. Uh, a lot of, a lot of premium talent comes out of that league, but again, you, let's not pretend that it's the same hitters that he'll be facing at the MLB level. Yeah. Um, you know, there's not Aaron judge and Jordan Alvarez over there. Lewis Brinson uh, plays in the NPB. So there's a little bit of a difference there. And then the other thing is he has a serious home run problem. Yep. That's which the something that doesn't get talked about enough. Although I heard them talking about it today on MLB network. He allowed 17 home runs in like 135 innings last yeah. year at the NPB level, which is crazy because they're doing they're dealing with a dead ball era. That ball doesn't fly as well either. Just the, the actual ball itself physically doesn't fly as much. And again, he's not facing the same type of hitters. Yeah. And it's a contact-oriented philosophy that most hitters are coming with. Yeah. So you come to MLB, normally their home run rates jump by a factor of two. Yep. So yeah. About a guy that could give up. 45 50 home runs here i mean burt blylevin home run numbers condensed mm-hmm. to 160 innings that's insane yeah blake newberry did a really good piece on Amonica at the beginning of the offseason as an offseason target <clears throat> and he found that pretty much all the significant arms who've come over have had their home run rate at least double their first sometimes more. either their first season or their career yeah or sometimes more so yeah it'd be pretty crazy for it to actually double for Amonica, but if it's even half as per half as much more like that's that's a not great. Um, so I think those are the concerns there, but his stuff, it's, you don't really, you don't really have great stuff plus metrics over from Japan. Like we just don't have access to that, at least the common publicly. Um, but when you look at, um, his stuff plus in the world baseball classic, that's where the entry comes, but it's a very small sample size. So how much stock do you take into it? Um, I would personally, I personally feel like Monica probably overplayed his hand a little bit this off season. It seemed like he, this was about where his market should have been. And then it seemed like it was going to go higher and then it got to a crazy number. And then he ended up signing for this. So there's reports that he turned down over double from another team. Um, I don't know if that's really true or not. We haven't gotten a lot about that, but Andrew, I don't know if you have more to say with that, um, that Sandy and I didn't chat on, but I know you've been very strong opinions about that. Yeah, I mean, I started celebrating once I was like, oh, the Cubs got him for like, what, 100 million plus? That's, that's amazing. Like, I was, yeah. that's fantastic. Um, they can uh, fall under the weight of that contract um, when he's not what they expect him to be. But I guess the Cubs front office is smarter than I gave them credit for. And they ended up landing him. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, it's it's unfortunate that it's, it's not the the contract that, that we were all hoping for, for the Cubs to sign him for. But, like, personally – I still don't find that he has like a real place in the Cardinals rotation. We have Lennon Gibson. They eat innings. Um, Imanaga kind of – there's always a little bit of a question mark with Japanese pitchers and how many innings they'll throw. Um, and I'm, I'm comfortable with the like one-year deals that we gave to, to Lennon Gibson over like some guy that I, I don't really know how his stuff is going to translate um, because we don't know how he can throw the, the new MLB ball. We don't know. There's just a lot of things about, about him. Just absolutely happens when you uh, shop in that market. Yeah. Yeah. But whether he actually turned down a deal that was double the size or not, we do know that other teams were interested in him. We know that the giants were very interested. The Red Sox were pretty interested. And so now there's some fallout from Imanaga. That's, you know, one of the major dominoes on this pitching market falling. Um, So now obviously there's a couple guys without a home still. Blake Snell comes to mind. Jordan Montgomery comes to mind. I think reports are starting to emerge that Montgomery could be the next big guy to sign somewhere. Um, And as a former Cardinal, obviously he's someone we're interested in. Montgomery in St. Louis was amazing. Like I loved him. I really wish the Cardinals could have extended him. Obviously it was going to be difficult as a Boris client. Um, But where do you guys think Montgomery ends up? And do you think it's within the next week and a half or so? I think this market is kind of slow. It's kind of like the 20, 2019 market, whichever year uh, yeah. Harper Machado signed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it, it kind of strikes me as like one of those markets. Like Otani was off the board pretty quick. Um, Yamamoto off the board pretty quick as well. But like I think Montgomery and Snell might wait it out towards closer to spring training. Uh, Montgomery, one of Snell or Montgomery, I feel like is an angel. Um, yes. I think that's not going to go well for them because um, both of them have like kind of shaky track records and the angels tend to not play that well with, with um, signing breakout candidates like Rendon and, and like um, just some of those guys. I, I'm not very high on that. Like Tyler Anderson, obviously um, both have had like better track records, more success than Tyler Anderson, but like Tyler Anderson went from being like an all-star caliber pitcher to being like almost unplayable at, as a starter at some point. Um, so I don't know. I feel like the angels are kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place. Cause they have Mike Trout. They don't want to trade him and he's only going to get older. Um, yeah. but they're not going to, they're not going to improve their team by, by throwing money at, at random people because they're, they have fundamental like, um, organizational flaws. Um, the giants and the Rangers also could be players for Montgomery. Um, I know Blake Snow is interested in playing for the Yankees. Um, I think he openly said that, which is interesting. Um, so yeah. we could see him end up over there. The Yankees still need to get another starter, but I don't think any of them are coming to St. Louis. I feel like that's pretty much been shot down. Yeah, I put my favorites right now for Snell and Montgomery is probably the Giants and the Angels, probably Angels more Snell. Um, Yankees, I do think are sneaky, but the Stroman stuff, I don't know how legit that is. I'm actually pretty cold. I, I said the Rangers in our chat earlier between the three of us, but I'm actually kind of cold on the Rangers making a big move because they do have a lot of financial commitments and they're one of the teams that's probably the most uncertainty uncertain about their rsn rights like yeah i think i saw that they're supposed to get paid over 100 million dollars from bally this year and they're not sure if they're gonna get any of it so that's that's a significant loss like they they will get some but they're is it 90 is it 30 million who knows wow. um <clears throat> so there's just a lot of uncertainty there and they've already been big spenders so i just don't see the rangers being the team that makes a big splash um, the Phillies, I think you can't rule out as a team that goes out and does something crazy. The Cubs, again, they were supposed to do a lot this offseason, so they could be a team. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of unpredictable right now. Um, but I'd probably put my top three is the Giants, the Angels, and then the Boston Red Sox, who I haven't said yet. Um, <clears throat> they've been openly exploring adding another starting pitcher. Trade was a, probably a big route, but it doesn't seem like Cease is going to be moved anytime soon. Same with Luzardo. Um, so I see Jordan Montgomery specifically as a really good fit for the Red Sox, but we'll have to see. Yeah, I like that. I think Blake Snell's market is different than Montgomery's market. Um, obviously, yeah. they're going to impact one another, but actually, all offseason, I've kind of been thinking Snell could be a Mariner. That I, He said publicly he wanted yeah. to be there at some point. He's from the Seattle area, uh, or I know he's from Washington. Let me double check. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's from, yeah, from the Seattle area. Just double check that. And they just moved Robbie Ray. So that's a lot of money they just moved. Um, so I think there's a good chance he's there. And I think Monty's a giant. I don't know why. I just think the Giants really need to go get somebody. Uh, I know that they got Robbie Ray. I know that they got Lee. But, like, being a Giants fan would just stink. Like, Shohei Otani turned you down. You offered Judge more money, and he turned you down. Um, so I could definitely see them going that direction. But I don't know. It's it's going to be really interesting how this market develops. Like you said, Andrew, it's played out really slowly. And then as for the Rangers real quick, I think if they do make a big move, it should be Hater. I'm not sure it will be, but I think him there would make a lot of sense. They'd finally have that lockdown close that they need. Yeah. The Hater market will be interesting too. And I, I do kind of wonder if maybe I feel like Hater is maybe someone who potentially could take a one-year deal somewhere to rebuild his value or to hit the market again. I just don't. I don't see Montgomery or Snell doing that, but at some point, like if the RSN stuff becomes so uncertain with teams that they just don't want to hand out the big deals, I wonder if we see a like Correa to the Twins a couple off seasons ago, the first time where there's just like, okay, I got to land somewhere, and there's a weird team that emerges. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's anything else you guys want to add to that. Otherwise, I think we could probably get into some of our. Or actually, we want to ask real quick, Sandy, you didn't get to comment much on the Heim Bloom stuff. Yeah. Andrew and I have talked about it. We're gonna have. Um, Robbie Hyde come on who you guys might know for yeah. as a prominent MLB YouTuber covers a lot of different um, on a big picture MLB stuff but he's a big Red Sox guy so he's going to come on and chat with us about his thoughts on Bloom. but Sandy what are your thoughts right now at least I mean I'm I'm pretty excited about it I think it's a really good move for the Cardinals obviously players on the field are what win guys in the front office uh, can influence that 
and they can build, but they're not going to play for you. So I don't want to get you know too far ahead of myself, but I think it's a really good move for the Cardinals. He's a guy uh, who obviously gets a lot of the credit for what went on in Tampa, developing that pitching lab, very analytically minded. He's a young, exciting executive. Also, uh, the more I've learned about the nature of the role, the more excited I am about that. It seems like he's going to be um, not necessarily like an instructor, but he's not going to be the most visible guy. Um, I heard he's not even moving from Boston. He's staying there. It's a part-time thing, yeah. which is good. I, ju- I just think like for him, he's going to be another line of defense for the Cardinals, another guy that you have to get stuff cleared with if you're going to make a deal, another set of eyes on everything. And then I also wonder, I heard some people commenting this, I really do wonder if Mosellock is thinking about his legacy and being done, is Bloom the guy they bring in to groom as a replacement for him? I'm not sure. Obviously, I think Mosellock could stay around for a lot longer and it wouldn't surprise me. But again, a lot of people at different times have speculated that he could be out the door in two or three years. Uh, it's kind of all up to him, honestly. He can stay as long as he wants. He's been really good. So Yeah. <clears throat> and it's, I would say it's less speculation and more like the likely route because Moselle, yeah. when, when he signed the extension, kind of alluded to it. He just didn't yeah. confirm it. And it's less about him leaving the Cardinals and more about moving Absolutely. into more of an executive business ownership type role. Yep. Um, John Denton did say today that he asked if Heimblum's hiring was the start of the process of a succession plan. And Moselock said he it wasn't as Bloom is just merely in a part-time role. I do think that means more about like right now, that's not a thing, but I do think it's clearly going to be a thing if Bloom is around and things are successful and Bloom and John Mosaic are like legitimately close. Like, they, they were friends before this. They're people that would have considered each other contemporaries. And so I definitely think this is Mosaic bringing in an extra guy to comment on things and to get them perspective and help them from an advisory role. But Bloom isn't looking to be a president of baseball operations right now, which isn't the role right now either. Um, so yeah. I just think that's more of like a, hey, when the time comes to think about that, exactly. I, I would be shocked if they don't talk to Bloom about it. But I don't think it's like, hey, we brought him in and this is the plan right now. It's Sure, yes. I, I put him as the betting favorite. If they get to that point, he's still around. Yes. Um, but I don't think it's fair to be like, it's not Gersh anymore. It's not Flores. It's oh, absolutely. Flores. Absolutely. Yeah. And as in the Cardinals organization, where they have so many great front office execs like Gersh and like Flores, especially, I love Randy Flores. I'm not, I'm definitely not saying he's just jumping them uh, in the pecking order. And then one other thing, real quick Bloom has gotten way too much hate for what went on in Boston. Honestly, like, he did what he was supposed to do. He restocked the farm system. Boston has one of the best farm systems in the league right now. The Bloom front office drafted and developed a guy, or they didn't draft Brian Bellow, but they developed a guy like Brian Bellow, who is exactly what the Cardinals need. He's that high-end, young, elite, controllable starting pitcher. So I'm very happy to see him coming in. He's developed good pitching in the past. Hopefully he helps the Cardinals get that done. Yep, Shane McClanahan, Taj Bradley, uh, yeah. Joe Ryan. And all even the guys, guys that they brought did. in, like Shane yep, Bob brought in, yep. Glasnow. Yep, so they've identified guys on the fringes. It's yeah, he's really good at what he does. So, yep. Sweet. Well, obviously we're going to be talking Bloom. I think it's just going to be a lingering subject for a long time. Yeah. So, I think so too. we'll have a lot of meat on the bone for that. Um, there's probably more off-season stuff that'll be covered here soon. But I think now it's time for me to oh boy laugh in your guys' faces about some politics. So Andrew, can you explain like what we're about to do? Yeah, so basically we're coming up on a year of, of doing Newt News, um, and Josh has not been with us this whole time, but um, we're excited to have him on board um, and hopefully make some better predictions this time around. But uh, basically one of the first things we did last year was we profiled um, the NL Central teams. We'll do that um, in the coming months. And then we profiled the Cardinals, and we made some bold predictions. We predicted the standings, we predicted the playoffs, and we predicted the awards um, that were going to happen. So. Um, some of these clips have been memed on Twitter already by people that um, in the Cub circle um, that I don't want to acknowledge and or give publicity to. But, but they're our best friends. Um, yeah, uh, sure. Um, but we're gonna start off. We're gonna start off with an easy one. Um, and I don't. I haven't seen or heard any of these, so I yeah, don't Josh, know. Josh who said has no what. idea what's about to be said. Yeah. So just gonna live react and guess who said it. We're going to start, we're going to just warm you up. If you know anything about us, you'll know who said this. Um, the first prediction was that Shohei Otani will win the American League Cy Young Award. <laughs> yeah, so I, I will never forget coming on the new news podcast. I hadn't heard of it. It was like, oh, interesting. And then 
the first question I was asked was, will Shohei Otani sign at the Cardinals by Andrew? And I laughed. It was like, why is this a question? And then I got asked the second time I was on too. And I'm like, dude, no, it's not happening. So yes, Andrew, you definitely protected. He was going to win the Cy Young. Bro, that's no totally question. something I would say. What are you talking about? Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, it wasn't like something that was off the table until he... No, no, no. Yeah, it like, could have happened. It wasn't wasn't the best take um that oh I, wait are you talking about take. wait yeah, are you yeah. talking about signing at the cardinals or the no, shohei otani will win american league cy young like that's... okay i was like signing the cardinals is always off the table but Cy Young, that was definitely the on the table okay definitely okay well, do you want to take a guess as to who sandy said would win american league cy young um shane mcclanahan that's my guess no. but okay. it is somebody you, it, it is more. somebody that you talked about in your trades episode Wait, I think Framber I might Valdez? Know. I don't even remember, no. man. <laughs> uh, I haven't Dylan seen these Cease? in forever. It was Dylan Cease, yes. Okay, okay. that's not that bad, okay? Dylan Cease No, no, he was terrible last place. year. Hey, he was, he he was, was coming off good. a second-place finish. <laughs> Dylan Cease 2022 yeah. was magical. You should have said Sonny Gray, and you would have gotten more points than me. Oh, that would have been amazing. <laughs> Some of my predictions weren't that bad. All right, keep it moving. That's that's terrible. Um, okay, well, we'll mix we'll mix some other ones in there um, that, that are Cardinals oriented. We'll have a really bad one, real quick. Oh, um, the next prediction is that Jack Flaherty would finish top five in Cy Young voting. <laughs> Oh, wow. That came close to happening. He even finished top five in the Orioles rotation. Um, <laughs> it's tough. Um, oh. I am going to say Sandy. And I don't think it was that. I mean, it was crazy. I would have said, I think I might have said something that Jack could get Cy Young votes, but like, as in top like five, a guy who was decent, same. not like finishing yeah. top five. Uh, but I'll say, I, th I think just when I th feeling things out, I feel like Sandy's more of a Jack Flaherty supporter than Andrew was. So I'm gonna go Sandy here. That, that would be incorrect. That was I said that. It was yeah. you. I was, I, was, yeah, I said that. I I don't oh, know man. why. I just believed in Jack Flaherty at the start of last season. I was like, he's gonna turn it around. I was, I was really down on Flaherty going and, into last wow. season. I was like, I can't believe that this guy, who I like, by the way, I don't dislike Jack Flaherty or anything. Yeah, I, I don't dislike him either. I want the best for him. I really wish that things had worked out, but I did not see him being a super reliable piece. Man, I could, I could just so see Sandy convincing himself going into it, but like, he's healthy, he's back. That is something but, I might have said. Okay. I don't know how many times I said we're back last year. Probably a thousand. <laughs> Probably too we were many. Never back. We were never yeah. back. Here's I remember I reluctantly wrote in May an article about what if the Cardinals need to be sellers who could be on the block. And I said, like, all in the intro, I'm only writing this because you guys want to talk about it. It's not happening. They're going to be fine. And then we were. <laughs> yeah, then they were. So, oh, man. Okay, here's here's one. The Cleveland Guardians will finish with 97 wins and finish second in the American League. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I gotta not look at your guys' faces because it's <laughs> okay. Who really likes? I'm gonna. Okay, this feels like a sandy deep cut. Yeah, I don't really know why is. Andrew would say that. <laughs> it definitely yeah. Is. So <laughs> we were putting together our playoff brackets, and I was so high on Cleveland. I don't know why. I think it's because they had so many rookies in 2022. Oh, yeah. And I was like, even if just half of them take a step forward, I also thought McKenzie was going to be healthy, and I thought Bieber was going to be healthier. Um, but I was so high on Cleveland. I had them going yeah. all the way to the World Series. <laughs> yeah, I just That's I, thought, wild. I thought Oscar Gonzalez was going to be like the next big thing. I loved him, but you know it is what it is. Yeah, Josh Naylor hitting bombs left and right. I thought Daniel oh, Espino man. was going to be really good too. I think so, and then he was hurt and didn't even pitch at all. <laughs> well, all right, we'll, we'll have another guest. Another guess at uh, Sandy's Sandy's um, take because you you know who I had for American League MVP. I don't even need to say it, say it. Yeah. Um, Josh, who do you think Sandy had for American League MVP? It was not Shohei. Um, shoot, I'm not gonna say Judge. I'm not gonna say Judge. Um, I think it was like a really crazy thing. Now that I'm thinking about it, was it like it wasn't that crazy? It was just like. I don't, I don't think he would have said Corey Seager. Um, Kyle Tucker? Nope. That's not a terrible um, guess. I would have uh, said that. Oh, Vladdy. Yeah. How about Vladdy? Nope. You're getting colder. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
mm, AL Central. Oh, he said Guardi. Oh, Jose Ramirez. Nope. You, you were in the right J-Ram. division. You were in the right I division. I love okay. J-Ram. Uh, Mike Trout. Oh, Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Oh, Mike definitely Trout. Mike Trout. Okay. I love Mike Trout. You love okay. Mike Trout. Mike Trout was not the was the second best player on his own team. Taylor Motter. <laughs> Jeff P is absolutely right. Taylor, Taylor Motter. Hey, okay. Taylor I Motter. do need to call something out real quick. Cardinal fans as a whole need to, and I'm kind of in this camp because I kind of was like, let's make Taylor Motter on the opening day roster. But as a as a whole, I think Cardinal fans need to like acknowledge that they pumped the Taylor Motter bandwagon oh, in spring training because he did really well, and people were like. Taylor Motter over Paul Dion. Taylor Motter should play. And then by like a month in, people are like, how on earth is Taylor Motter on the roster? Like you asked for it. That's true. I just want to say I was never, I will admit when I'm like super wrong on stuff, like I've been wrong on Byron Buxton every single year. Thanks for bringing that name up, Cody. But I have never, <laughs> ever been on the Taylor Motter hype train. I just want yeah. that known. I was on the Henesis Cabrera hype train though. Gosh, I thought he was going to be our closer at some point. Yikes. Yeah. One day, maybe in an alternate universe. He was so good until they like rode him into the ground a couple of years ago, though. He had like an insane beginning to the season at one point. Are you ready for another one? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. The New York Mets will win 105 games oh in the world. Gosh. Series. Okay. That was definitely Andrew. That's wild. That's correct. That's yeah, correct. That's I, I was I... so high on the idea of Steve Cohen spending a ton of money. Yeah. And going to the World Series. And I was like, this is finally the year that Bill DeWitt is going to like see that he needs to spend money. And that's why I'm yeah. thinking about the World Series. And it was it was terrible. I'll do my victory laps of I think I maybe even predicted the Mets would miss the playoffs. Dang. I think I maybe sneak them in as a wild card, but I remember being so cold on them. But I think I couldn't convince myself they wouldn't make the playoffs. But I remember us teetering on it, but not like this bad. I just thought they were overrated. Yeah, I mean, I should have looked at some of the players. They overspent on a couple of guys, but yeah. oh, I yeah. was on I was on the Padres bandwagon. I just didn't believe in the Mets offense. Like, dude, I was not on the Padres bandwagon. Really? I don't think I don't think I had them making the playoffs. No, I had them in the World Series. I think. Dang. Actually, no, I think I switched to the Braves, but it was close between them. My playoff bracket was like the hottest, spiciest takes, and then actually, I was cooking. It was insane. I mean, you <laughs> had the Cardinals winning the World Series because okay, home. okay, you know what? Of course, I did. I'm the biggest homer <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Hey, that's uh, fair. I, I had the Cardinals winning the wild card round against the Braves. Oh my Crazy. gosh. Nice. And then losing to the Padres in the NLDS. All right. What's our next take here? The next take is a classic one. A oh, classic no. one. The Cardinals will win 97 games in 2023. Hmm. I mean, it could have been either of you. Um, I'll say optimistic Sandy here, though. <laughs> the only reason it wouldn't have been me is if I had them winning more games than that. <laughs> <laughs> you had you had both central teams getting a bye, and you, know you had the Cardinals beating Cleveland in the World Series. How's it even possible? I believed. <laughs> no, the <laughs> funny part is that was like so bad, and the rest of my playoff bracket was crazy. I don't think it's possible. You had, for them you both had have Baltimore, buy, right? Texas, and no, Tampa no, no. Uh, on the right AL spot. and NL Central. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. My AL wildcard picture was crazy, though. You you had the Yankees, or no, you had Houston and Cleveland as the two division winners yeah. getting a bye. And then you had Tampa as the third division winner, which was a good call. And then you had the Yankees wildcard, which I think everyone would have guessed that. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. part. and then Baltimore and Texas as wildcard. Come teams. on. I had Baltimore and Texas in the playoffs and Tampa Bay. There you go. I don't think 97 is crazy. I think I probably would have, I can't remember my number, but I probably would have put in the 92, 93 range last year. And I think um, someone, Charlie Marlowe, might have said it today in his podcast, which I think is a good point. Like, I think sometimes people look at the opening day roster and are like, how can you predict a team to win 86? Like, if I'm in the 88 range with the Cardinals right now, it's like, I'm also assuming that if they're in the hunt, they're going to buy at the deadline. So, like, last year, I thought that team could scrape by be above 500 at the deadline, maybe a little bit better than that, and then add, and then be a low low to mid-90s win team. But yeah, I've been Cardinals at 89 and 73. So okay. I thought we were better yeah, than we were in 2022. Like, to be I did completely too. fair, I thought we'd improved. I thought Wilson Contreras offensively was – legitimately, I thought it was plus three wins over Yadier yep. Molina in yeah. terms of his offensive production. I thought – we take a step back defensively. I didn't think it'd be that big a deal. I assumed Adam Wainwright would be the same guy he'd been because what's the difference between 42 and 43 year old Wayno? Shouldn't be any different. 
So I was <laughs> well, like, you know what? It was, it was very different. It's because of an injury, which really stinks. Yeah. Like you just yeah. didn't have the velocity. I mean, um, okay. I, uh, I don't know. You, you have the Cardinals two games over the Dodgers. Yeah, I thought I, Dodgers had yeah, gotten worse. Same. I did too. I thought they were kind of punting, not punting, but like not going to be the juggernaut for 2023. Yeah. So they could be in 2024. Still won 100 games. So wild. Sure. Yeah. All right. Let's, Wait, let's well, do the I, next I had one some here. bad AL picks, but like I, if I just say them, then Josh is going to know that I said them because we already revealed Sandy's um, AL <laughs> picks. But like, uh, okay. So who do you think, like, what do you think my ranking was? Like, who are my three division winners? Um, I'll say Angels because you wanted Otani in the playoffs. No. Oh, okay, fine. Mariners as the AL West winner. Yeah. No. Astros. Yeah, I had the Astros. Okay. Astros, White Sox. No. Oh, Gravy had the White Sox. Right. I was right. I was right on. I was oh. right on the. Okay, you had twins. I was then. right on two division winners, uh, and then my wild card teams were terrible. And then you had the Rays. I did not have the Rays in the playoffs. Yankees. I'm I'm low on the Rays every year. Yeah, the Yankees. I'm always okay. high on the Rays. As the AL um, Am I supposed to guess your wild cards? Yeah, my three wild card teams. Okay, I'll go Mariners. Yep. Angels. Yep. And Orioles. No, I had Toronto. Toronto. Okay. But I had the Angels in there at 87 and 75. I I uh, you know. He wanted Shohei in the playoffs. Andrew's as big a yeah. homer as I am. He just is a homer for Shohei Otani. Hey, I mean, what, I had the Dodgers last year at 98 wins um, and losing out the NLS to the Padres because I did not like the Dodgers last year this time. Um, but now, you know, now now they're, I don't know. Dude, the Dodgers are going to win like 113 games or something. Yeah, I'm going to have them oh. at a ridiculous number this year. Do you guys want to guess my – I've got my, uh, my yeah. standings predictions. Yeah, I'll guess them. Okay, you can try and guess my. Okay, so who do I have the West? Padres. The I had the Padres. Come Central. Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yep. Uh, East. The Mets. No. Show no, me the Braves. Philly. The Phillies. Show me the Braves. I had the Braves. Come okay. on, let's go. The Braves are uh, so good. Wild cards. This this was. Phillies. Uh, no. Dodgers. I remember. Definitely the I Dodgers. Would, I, yeah, Dodgers. Um. Mets. Yep, Mets. And then one more. Maybe maybe it's the Brewers. I had the Diamondbacks. Okay. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. Thank you. I uh I remember it was but now I remember it's between the Mets and the Phillies, and I thought both of them were gonna underperform and I had to have one miss the playoffs. I couldn't have them both. And I picked the Phillies to miss, which was I wish I would have picked the Mets. Oh, that'd have been so good. Okay. Uh AL West. Astros. Yeah, Astros. Yep, uh Central. Guardians. White Sox. Guardians. Guardians, okay. East. Yankees. Yankees. Yep. Oh, no, no, sorry. Blue Jays. Blue Jays, really? Ooh, Were the Yankees okay. one of your wild card teams? Yeah, Yankees are on the wild cards. Show me Mariners in the wild card. Yep. And uh, sorry, I didn't let you guess. Rays. Yeah, Rays is a good guess. Angels. And I remember I, really? I picked them slightly uh, over the Orioles. Oh, yeah. I really wow. the Orioles. <laughs> I'm just saying, calling calling Rays, Orioles, and Rangers in the playoffs is my best take ever. Yeah, I'm never calling Angels in the playoffs again ever. I'll just, I don't care if I'll they just don't. run through the rest. I had Padres over the Cardinals, the NLCS, Yankees over the Guardians, and the ALCS. See, some o- Guardians. Otani up. and Arenado winning MVPs. Corbin Burns and Shane McClanahan winning Cy Youngs, Damn. and then Gunner and Walker winning the rookies of the year. I like that. We're, there's some wild ones that we haven't even touched yet, but yeah, um, it's going to get crazier. Do you want to guess who my MVP was? Because I think Sandy already said it because he's a homer. Wait, your MVP? Yeah. Shohei, right? No, oh, NL, for NL, NL. NL. Oh. Did you have Acuna? Nope. I didn't get it right. Um. Did you have Tatis? I his teammate. Oh, so you had Juan Soto. I had Juan Soto. And uh, then hey, good pick. Cy Young. I, I, w- I was very low on the Cardinals to start the year. I, for whatever reason, I think the wild card series in 2022 kind of burned me a little bit. So I was like, the, Juan Soto's going to win MVP. The Cardinals are going to regret not trading him. My Cy Young pick was also like in a similar vein. If you can- um 
Oh, Pablo Lopez. Wait, are you going a- National League or a- Yeah, American National League. League. National League. My ALM asylum was Australia talking. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Who was someone that they could have acquired? That well, not did? someone that they could have. Well, oh, they, it doesn't have Zach to be Allen. Yeah, Zach Allen. Yeah. And my rookie of the year you sh- uh, was not. Well, my rookie of the year was Kadai Sango, but. Okay. Yeah. I think he finished top three. Sandy had Corbin Carroll. Yeah, let's go. I got both rookie of the years right. That is one yeah. thing I did. Who was my MVP for the National League? It was, it was Arnado, right? And your your Cy Young was uh you should know your Cy. Miles Michaelis. <laughs> no, did I did I pick um I think I know who I picked. Who you am I guessing? Pick? Yeah, take take one guess. I think I know who it is. I might not though. Um let's go Zach Wheeler. That's not that bad, I guess. Was it Sandy Alcantara that I picked? Yeah, you picked, back you picked back? Sandy. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm like, <laughs> this is deep Newt News lore. I'm like a huge Alcantara fan. I was so mad when they I traded him. Why. Just because we have the why. same name, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I remember when he was a prospect, I was like, that guy's named Sandy? Come on. <laughs> Must be good. Yeah, and yeah, he I'm was a huge awesome. Fan. I was so sad that they let him go. Yeah, that's no. funny. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Get back to the bold predictions. Those are like the really bad. The bold predictions, you hit some of the, like some of your bold predictions weren't that off. So, I mean, like I have two other bold predictions that you said on like the, the, like you said on the episode. You can give Josh those. Um, But But I'll I'll do a different, I'll I'll do one of the bold predictions real quick. We'll see. We'll see. Um, This one's really bad. The next bold prediction is that Adam Wainwright will throw a no hitter at some Andrew. point in 2023. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I like no hitters. I, I, I like no hitters a lot, and um, I, I said it would be for win number 200 as well. I was like, it's oh going to be hey, <laughs> number 200. And I was like, this you, is going to be in like May. It's not well, going to be. You got, he had a vintage performance. He did. for win 200. So that that's nice. close. But he didn't throw a no hitter. So it was probably like, his best start of the year, so that was close. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's unfortunate. unfortunate. I'm so glad he just got there. I'm so glad he got there. Yeah, I think the next one will be obvious, but it's just funny. Um, <laughs> Jeff, was that a legit guess? <laughs> the next one, the next one is is definitely like you can definitely figure out who said it. Oh, yeah, Freddie Pacheco that, will be the best rookie in the first half of 2023. Yeah, that's definitely Sandy. <laughs> Andrew probably didn't even know who Freddie Pacheco was, to be fair. Yeah, no I didn't way. need to. He he got sent off. Like, Look, did I need know to what? know who Freddie Pacheco was? Ever like all the prospect guys were really high on him. He's so good. Freddie Pacheco before the injury was insane in the minors. Thank you, Cody. Okay. Freddie Pacheco was a beast. He looked like a guy who had crazy stuff. I honestly thought he'd be in the circle of trust by May. I was like, this is the type of guy that comes up, electric relief arm. And I was like, you know what? Especially if Jordan Walker doesn't come up right away, I see no reason why a reliever who's like pretty advanced and pretty old can't come up and easily be the best first half rookie. Like if if he comes up and and in the first half gives you 25 innings of like 2.8 ERA baseball, which isn't crazy for a reliever who the league's never seen before. I was like, there's every chance that he's our best rookie. Because besides Walker, I didn't really see anybody yeah. who was making their debut who was going to be electric. And to be very fair, Walker's first half left a lot to be desired. So, Who was the best rookie? Did we even have one last year? <laughs> was Not it just late. Walker by default? Well, Burl- wasn't Burleson technically a rookie? Because well, think- Yeah, but I think he was still not. Yeah, but he'd like made his debut the year before. Yeah, but I mean, he would have rookie status. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, probably right. you'd probably say him. I think Libertor technically had rookie status going into this year too, but yeah, anyways. he did too. Yeah, I was, I was such a terrible check Yeah, let's hear it. Tyler O'Neill will finish top ten in MVP voting. Sandy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That was me. I That's you? That. I forgot That's that. Cool. What? I said Tyler O'Neill okay. finished top ten. I was a big Tyler O'Neill fan as well. Like I was super high on him in 2021. Uh, that MLB the Show card, the Lightning card in September, was one of my favorite cards like of all time still. And 2022 wasn't good for him, but I was like, nah, 2023, he's gonna be be back to MVP form. 
and uh, I was I was so very wrong. Um, but hey, maybe he'll finish top ten in MVP voting next year. Oh no, don't say that. <laughs> Palacios is going to win it. O'Neill will be the runner. Oh, that would be. So and Garcia sad. and Rosarena will also receive votes. <laughs> and Lane Thomas is winning the NL MVP. Oh my gosh, that would be I think so bad. I don't. Yeah, I don't even know how to explain the chaos that would ensue. No, it'd be crazy. The next two, the next two are some of our iconic takes. I think some of the, like the early days of new news people will know us from this. I think more Cubs fans have seen them than Cardinals fans. The, the first Definitely. one is the first one is the Chicago Cubs will finish twenty games behind the Cardinals. Sandy. <laughs> I've seen that video. Okay, I didn't know it was a but I've seen that TikTok enough <laughs> where the guy tries to meme you about it. So. Yeah, he hit me with this like he was like, "I'm gonna do the office boom roasted format," and it was it was so bad. <laughs> but yeah. um, uh, okay, let me let me explain really quickly though. Like, I I thought they were gonna be good. I thought the Cardinals had the better roster by far. I really didn't like the Cubs roster, and I didn't think Cody Bellinger was going to have one of the luckiest seasons of all time. Um, I was right about the Dansby Swanson signing. I thought it was a terrible signing. I thought it was a ton of money to commit to a guy. And yeah, I thought the Cubs were going to finish 10 games below 500. I thought the Cardinals were going to finish 12 to 15 games above 500. That's almost a 20 game lead right there. Yeah. It doesn't like when you, when you break it down like that, it doesn't sound as crazy. Yeah. Um, It's just kind of funny that it flipped basically. Well, and, and one other really funny thing I actually, so some Cubs fan was arguing with me that the Cubs had a better recent history than the Cardinals because of their world series title. And I, I averaged how many wins both teams had had every single year since like 2007. So the year after the Cardinals won the world series, I wasn't even taking into account our hundred win teams in 04 and 05 and the Cardinals on average since then, not counting last year because I haven't done this for last year. One like like sixteen and a half games more in an average season than the Cubs. Like on average, they finished way ahead of the Cubs. So I was like, you know what? I, I don't think this is that crazy. And I thought the Cardinals had gotten better. Obviously, subtracting Contreras from the Cubs felt yep. like something that was just brutal. Kind of the last holdover from that too. So yeah, sue me. Tough. Yeah, I mean, barring some major moves the rest of this off season, um, I would probably. I think this is going to be like a more of the same for the Cubs this year, where they're probably going to miss the playoffs. And be interesting. They got worse. Um, yeah, but I think they have young talent coming up, so yeah. I think that'll help negate some of that. I think 2025 is when the Cubs could start to make a real push because that's when their young talent should theoretically be developing at the yeah. major league level, and then I would assume they would be more likely to spend. Although the next, I think 2020 next offseason isn't that great free agent wise outside of pitching um in soto but I, I doubt he leaves yankees so <clears throat> we'll see but i think the cubs are i think they are building something that for 2025 2026 could be special um cubs fans are probably really annoyed that 2024 isn't going to be that um but the cardinal fans our cardinals also have a lot of young talent so i'm not too concerned oh absolutely the difference is the cardinals young talent is already at the big league level yeah the cubs young talent still percolating but yeah. I mean, look, also last year, the Cubs farm system, basically at every single level, you had guys take giant leaps forward. Like yep. Ben Brown, oh my gosh, like completely different way of evaluating him now than we were Cade last Horton. year. Owen Casey, Cade Horton, like these were guys that at the time they had some eyes on them, but no one was saying, wow, Cade Horton's one of the best pitching prospects in the league. And look where he is now. <clears throat> Yeah, so, and like Brendan Davis was coming off a really bad year, so like some yeah. of their top, some of their top prospects at the time were guys that had just underperformed. So, well, and, and Brendan Davis, I wouldn't say anymore is at all the jewel of that system. Oh no, but like Fizzle. when we would have made the prediction, he would have been yes. one of the guys that was supposed to be. Yeah. So like to your credit, there wasn't like yeah. Yeah, it's, I looked at it and I was like, I don't even see what the future is here. Yeah. Uh, but now it's very clear the future is like six guys that are all studs, yeah. which really stinks as Cardinals fans. Um, but yeah, I'll give the Cubs credit where credit's due. They've done a great job developing their young system. Are you ready for the last one, Josh? Yeah. The last one. I don't know if that was the, I think this one is more, more of an iconic, um, take from, from the new news crew. Um, the next prediction is that the St. Louis Cardinals will have seven all-stars in 2023. <laughs> okay. I think I said that same thing. Yes. Six. <laughs> <laughs> um i'll look i'm pretty I I six six, seven, but like I you had, had a lot six all-stars sandy 
Yeah, it's definitely me. Okay, here's the path though. Goldie Arenado. There is a great path. Absolutely. Second base, one of Donovan or Gorman, Helsley. Yep. Yep. And then, I mean, Michaelis had just made it the year before. Yeah. Um, you could argue, I think, possibly could have snuck his way in there. Walker. There was a lot of guys that made sense. Oh, yeah. Obviously, absolutely. it went really cold. And honestly, they could have had four-ish this year. Like, Gorman really should have been one, but he had, like, a historically bad June. So, it, yes. it bumped him out of people's minds. Contreras should have been. Yes. Nolan Arnado was one. Helsley got hurt. Otherwise, he would have been. So, that's, like, three or four. Absolutely. I have, I have Sandy seven right here. It was Goldschmidt, Arnado, yep. Edmund, Contreras, Walker and Adam Wainwright. So the Wayno thing, hold up, hold up. The Wayno take, this was before we knew the velocity was down. If, if Wayno has the exact same season he had a year ago or like, like in 2022, there's no reason that Wayno doesn't get the fan vote in. I think if the Cardinals were winning and Wayno was pitching, the fan vote doesn't vote pitchers. Oh, yeah. you're right. You're right. But I think I thought I think you were going to say like a legacy player, like Pujols, but no, because he's not on that level. As much as yeah. I wish Wayno was on that level, he's not. Um, but Edmund I absolutely could see that. What was the here? Go to the last few again because I thought there's another one. Edmund Wayne were tough. Um, yeah. Walker. Walker. Was there another one in there that's kind of weird? Um, so. Michaelis. Oh, yeah. Michaelis was eh. Like, Michaelis was so good in 2022. Like, yeah. again, same thing same as Wayne and Michaelis, though. Yeah. But I, again, this is a guy who thought the Cardinals were going to win a lot of games. That's true. That's true. And for them to get there, they have to have some good, but yeah, I don't know the Edmund thing. My, my thing with Edmund has been, if the Cardinals are really good, usually it's because Edmund's having a good season because he's the type of guy that accrues value everywhere. And I think in this day and age, it's easier than ever for a guy like Tommy Edmund who racks up a bunch of war in a good season to get attention for it. I mean, you remember like Cedric Mullins, MLB network literally campaigned for him and he got into the all-star game every single day. It felt like I was listening to the radio. They're like, I can't believe Cedric Mullins isn't leading the fan vote. And that's kind of how I felt about Tommy Edmond at one point where, you know, he could be a four war player in the first half and no one would be shocked if he's stealing a bunch of bags and playing really good defense at shortstop. So, yeah. I mean, there, there are four other incorrect takes that were like not as bad. Sandy had one Cardinals top three team in NL by OPS plus that would have happened if, we probably stayed healthy and whatnot. Uh, yeah. Donovan hits 15 home runs. Or Might have happened if he was healthy. Uh, yeah. Um, and then two of mine were Lars Newpar's an all-star, which would have been arguable if the all-star game was at the end of the season because yes. he had, I think, the second most B-war on the team. And then the Cardinals uh, get an ace of the trade deadline, which obviously was not going <laughs> to happen given the way they played. So, like, we I have that too, um, which I think it – like. Even going back, though, it would have been tough to pull off because basically the only aces moved outside of or frontline guys besides Montgomery were Scherzer and Verlander, which I don't necessarily think the Cardinals would have done either of those. Was there another guy I'm missing, like a frontline guy that got traded? Uh, I don't know, but like I, my, our graphic had um, like all most of our predictions were player centric. So, Josh, I bet I'll, I'll give you one guess as to who which pitcher was next to, to my prediction. Otani? <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, the Otani fandom runs so deep. It started it really so does. long ago too. Like <laughs> it's been it's been there since I drafted him seventeenth in the in the twenty twenty one fantasy draft. I was like seventeenth round, not seventeenth round, seventeenth round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, all in all, though, these takes like it's it's obviously really funny, and like of course they're bad takes. Um, yeah, like we this is a Cardinals podcast. Um, all, all of us have grown up as big fans of the Cardinals. You know, I've been watching Cardinal baseball since before I could remember. So of course, like on a year in year out basis, I'm probably going to overshoot the Cardinals projections by a couple of games. Hopefully it's not this bad every single year. Right. Like, but to be very fair, I also don't think these are the craziest things ever. I don't think it's unfair to assume that the Cardinals were going to win the division. I, I can't really find any major analysts who didn't pick the Cardinals to win the division last year. It looked like one of the least competitive divisions in baseball to start the season. Um, everything went wrong for this team. Hopefully it's not the same way in uh, 2024. And we'll be releasing our you know next year of bold predictions. Also, these are bold predictions, remember. Like These were the five bold predictions. Some of the award stuff was ridiculous. Like that was just like, who do we think is going to win the award? I, I can so probably, yeah, I can almost guarantee you that Sandy's going to have a Homer NL Cy Young pick, and I'm going to have a Homer NL MVP pick. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's the way it goes. It's the way it goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, 
I had the Angels in the playoffs last year. What was I thinking? <laughs> I, Happens. I had uh, like Thanks. the two of us um, for our World Series pick. We we picked four different teams to make the World Series, and only one of them made the playoffs, and that was the Blue Jays for me in the AL. That's crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll oh. do better this year. We'll do better this year, and then Sandy's going to pick Dylan Cease again to win NL Cy Young, and he's going to do it with the Cardinals. Yeah, I would hey, love that. Could, could happen. <laughs> I'm really, I'm going to be really interested to see what our bold takes are, which we'll wait to do this for a little bit until closer to spring training. I put out an article, Redbird Rants, that is somewhat about the 2024 season, but some of it is more big picture 2024. So it relates to next off season or the season as a whole. <clears throat> so you'll see some of mine there. Some of those will be the same, but I'm sure I'll evolve by then. But I'm interested Yamamoto to see like what be he says about Gray. Yamamoto is going to be terrible. Gray. The Dodgers are going to try to send him to the minor leagues. He's going to say no, and then he's going to force a trade out of L.A. to the Cardinals, and then he's going to be an ace. Wow. I can't even believe you would let yourself say Yamamoto will be terrible, but that's I mean, fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fine. Hey, Kareem. What's up, man? What's up, Kareem? So, um, Kareem seeing think... how, how much of an idiot we were last year. <laughs> oh, man. It was, it's actually so crazy that we said some of that stuff. It is wild. Again, it happens though. Um, so as we're wrapping up again, we're going to have, um, we'll have some content this weekend for winter warm up. I'll be there doing some interviews with players and stuff. So it looks like I just got my uh, schedule and John Moselle could be first one up on Saturday. So we'll, we'll Mr. make sure. Were uh, you interested in any two way players this off season? That's true. Hey, we've got Sonny Gray right after him. So, Sandy, I'll have to make sure we talk to him a little bit. So Dude, yes. um, <clears throat> I'll have some stuff with the interviews and we'll, we'll bring some of that to the podcast, but then we'll all three be there just hanging around as well. So we'll make sure to let you guys know how to um, see us and get and if you guys want to catch up at all or um, chat and we'll have some content there. Um, next Wednesday, we got Stubby Clap coming on. So that's going to be really fun. Um, got Robbie Hyde, um, who's a big MLB creator slash big Red Sox fan, who's going to be coming on at some point to talk about Hein Bloom. And then obviously all of our reactions to anything going on Cardinal. So stay tuned and subscribe if you aren't already. Again, thank you for all the growth that we've had in just yeah. like the last few months. And uh, we're just really excited about 2024 brings. So hopefully our takes are a little bit better than <laughs> these bold ones and crazy ones were. But I also think the Cardinal season will be a little better. So I don't think they'll be as wild and off. But who knows? I mean, again, they're bold predictions, right? So the ones you get wrong, you're going to crash and burn. And when you get one of them right, it's like, wow. I'm the only guy in the room that said that. Yeah. One of your bold predictions was that you got right was Miles Michaelis is extended by May 1st. And I don't know how bold that was. Well, when we said that at the time, though, those extension talks hadn't really started. That's true. Like, yeah. To be fair. I don't think a lot of people were thinking about that. They were more looking to acquire pitching for long term, and the Cardinals <laughs> hadn't done that yet. Mm -hmm. And someone thought, some people thought Montgomery would be the guy, but so it maybe it was, it maybe is like a sh aggressive aggressive take but not bold necessarily i don't yeah. know but i, I still i give you points for it you you yeah. got your bold take right i said dylan carlson become the clear fourth outfielder which i felt like was bold because remember last spring people were like carlson's gonna prove himself every day dylan yeah. people are on that train so anyways gosh. yeah just another of the guys where it's like we have no idea what 2024 holds for him yep so but we do know 2024 holds for the podcast and it's exciting right so, yeah um Again, thanks everyone for tuning in. Again, if you're joining us for the first time or listening for the first time, please subscribe, like. It helps out the channel a ton. Again, we got content coming this winter warm up. Um, Subby clap coming on. We got a bunch of stuff coming up. So, oh, yeah. really fun, exciting podcast. And thanks again for tuning in. And we'll see you guys next time.